Our first scripture reading is uh, Psalms 100. This ancient song urges all creations to rejoice in the presence of God. Even when some cannot physically enter the gates of God's house, we can worship the Lord with gladness, for God's goodness and steadfast love are always with us. Listen now to God's words as it comes to us from the 100th Psalm. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter the gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. second lesson comes to us from the book of Deuteronomy, the 24th and 26th chapters. Listen again for God's word to us today. When you reap your harvest in your field, and forget a sheaf in your field, you shall not go back and get it. It shall be left for the alien, the orphan, and the widow so that the Lord your God may bless all of your undertakings. When you beat your olive trees, do not strip what is left. It shall be for the alien, the orphan, and the widow. Remember, remember that you were a slave in Egypt. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this, says the Lord. And when you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and settle in, then you shall take some of the first of all of the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God has given you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the temple and say to the priest, Today I declare to the Lord our God that I have come into the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. And when the priest takes the basket and sets it before the altar of the Lord, then you shall make this response. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. And when the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, our oppression. The Lord God brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and brought us into this place a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first fruit of the ground that you, O God, have given me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? O God, open our hearts that 
we might remember all you have given us, that we might offer you all that we have, that we might remember those who have so little. Bless us all with the abundance of your presence this day and always, we pray. And may all God's people say, Amen. It will surprise no one here that festivals, harvest festivals like Thanksgiving are a global ancient phenomenon. One researcher lifts up these nearly universal practices. Feasting, both family and public, with foods that are drawn from crops that have come to maturity. Ample food and freedom from the necessity to work in the fields. And for many offerings to thank the gods for the bounty they have received. Eating, merriment, contests, and music are common features of harvest festivals around the world. Ample food, freedom from labor, thanks for our God, merriment, contests, and music, I'm in. <laughs> One of the things I love about our church is the rich variety of nationalities and heritages that we enjoy. I wonder if some of you, and forgive my pronunciation, I wonder if some of you celebrated the Korean Chuseok, or Japanese Tsukimi, or Swiss Rindya, the day when the animals are brought down from the Alps. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to hear your traditions. I suspect there are many different ones in this diverse community, and it's beautiful. For my family, prior to COVID's disruptions, our extended family got together from around the country each year at our house in Chicago. And there we enjoyed eating and merriment and contests like charades. And Samba, a ridiculous three-deck card game that we inherited from my father's Armenian family. Nobody who's married in likes it. <laughs> And I wonder, what, if any, religious components your families, your households, your traditions enjoyed? Most ancient traditions included a tribute to their god with first harvested or end of harvest fruits and grains and meat and a joyful feast for the whole community. Now, well, the American holiday of Thanksgiving is now largely a secular feast. It has its origins in our own Judeo-Christian heritage, the Jewish tradition of Shavuot, the first fruit harvest of the spring, as well as Sukkot, the final harvest in the fall. I love what Professor Esther Men of Lutheran Theological Seminary in Chicago says of it in the core reading from Deuteronomy we shared. She says, 
The offering of first fruits ensures that the entire community shares in the land's abundance. Those who owned the land were to include at table the Levites and aliens who weren't allowed to have land in their nation. And, Men points out, enjoyment of God's sustenance was to be extended even further. Rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and daughters, your male and female slaves, the Levites, as well as strangers, orphans, and widows who are among you, it says in Deuteronomy 16. Why should everyone be included? The reason, she says, is clear. Because we need to remember that we were slaves in Egypt. I'm curious. I'm curious what it would look like for us to see our own thanksgiving through the lens of this scripture. How might our faith shape our own celebrations? Well, one place to start is to remember, which is difficult, our own vulnerability. Just as the early Israelites were pressed never to forget their slavery in Egypt and their endless wanderings in the wilderness, so also the Harvest Festival of Thanksgiving urges us to remember that we have been vulnerable too. That vulnerability comes in many unique forms, many of them shared in your beautiful prayer, Shari. I, I think of illness or grief. I, I think of financial hardship or career changes unwanted, a relationship ending, trauma of any kind. And while I wouldn't have wished it on my worst enemy, COVID has been a grim and I would say urgent reminder to those of us who are privileged that life is by its very nature vulnerable and life can be upended at the blink of an eye. Now, why does it matter for us to remember, to know that we're vulnerable? It's not, it's not for the sake of self-pity. Instead, it's in service of empathy and compassion. Professor Men says it this way, the memory of being landless and vulnerable cultivates an ethic of empathy an ethic of empathy as the basis for including those who are currently landless and vulnerable. God's inclusive generosity embraces us all to be experienced again and again and again as together we share bread and wine and food and everything else that supports and enhances life. It's no accident 
It's no accident that today, as we celebrate our thankfulness, we're also collecting food and funds to feed the hungry. It's no accident that we're urged to take heart all the needs of our mission partners to get toys for those kids who have no access to them, to ensure that Christmas dinner is shared for those who are insecure, to help our mission partners know that they're not alone in the extensive work that they're doing all over this city. I'm so grateful to those of you who are leading in various ways as executive director or on boards or simply volunteering or giving money to help in crucial, crucial ways. The stranger, the hungry, the unhoused, the landless, the alien, they're not merely recipients of the largesse of those with means. No. What we're called to remember is that every single one of us, all of us are fellow travelers on this road. All of us are sisters and brothers in this extended family, equally loved by God, equally deserving of the bounty of God's hand. The truth is, as it was then in Deuteronomy. The truth is that life is still unequal, isn't it? A second aspect of the Jewish harvest festivals that we rarely link with Thanksgiving is this, repentance. It's profound. It's profound that Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, presages the Jewish festival of Sukkot. The Day of Repentance is not to put us in a place of shame or punishment, but instead to remind us of our own inadequacy and the ways that we fail to live up to God's hope for our world for our lives. Something I didn't even know before this year is that that was also true for the first Thanksgiving in America. George Washington, when he established Thanksgiving in 1789, not only urges us to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, Washington also urges us to beseech God to pardon our national and other transgressions, to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to render our national government as a blessing to all people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue and increase of science, and to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as God alone knows to be best. 
Now, I'm keenly aware that today some of you are dearly hoping that I don't mention the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and that many others would be heartbroken if I didn't. Wherever you are politically, I want to urge us all to consider confession as an appropriate response. I love the prayer that Terry Ott, the new editor of Presbyterian Outlook, posted in the wake of the verdict. She writes, I lift my eyes to the hills, holy God, from where will my help come? We pray for those confused and demoralized by our system of justice, a system that is just for some but not all. We pray for those who watch the news, who can't keep themselves from following every trial, can't keep from hoping and praying for justice, but can't forget our history. We pray for those who can't forget Jacob Blake, Ahmaud Arbery, or the black boys who lost trials and decades of their lives in prison. God of glory, may they know the peace that only you can provide. And we pray for those with the luxury of forgetting history, those whose privilege protects them from the pain of this moment, whose lives need not be interrupted. God, in your mercy, liberate us all to be more humane and embolden us all, holy God, to interrogate our systems and structures, to risk creative change, to listen to people long silenced and work for peace, Hear us, she writes, as we pray that justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness an ever-flowing stream. Confession, confession is a necessary part of thanksgiving and always has been that we do not take for granted what we have. We remember those who do not have and that we seek a way for God's vision of equality to be made real. <laughs> One last word a word of comfort and hope. It's no accident that Thanksgiving, like every harvest festival, is a time when we gather with those with whom we might not ordinarily break bread. It's not always sweetness and light, especially in this heated time in our country. One of our members asked me to write and record a Thanksgiving prayer, which I've included in News and Concerns and will do for the midweek message, because she said there are so many on different pages. 
It is a heated time in our country, and some are celebrating and some are grieving over the way wheels of justice turn. But as we come together, as we come together, the vulnerable and the rich, conservatives and progressives, people of faith and our secular loved ones, black and white, and every shade of human skin. As we come together, we recognize that all of us gathered are part of that gift of God. Every single person. And none of us is self-made and none of us can survive without God's hand. And none of us can live without the fruit of God's field and the care of God's love. So if we do nothing else this Thanksgiving, let us take up the wisdom that Henry shared with us in his first lesson know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep, all of us, of his pasture. Therefore, let us raise our own song of thanksgiving to God, our song of thanksgiving to the one who made and loves and feeds us all. Amen.